So, here we are. Final frontier. If you um, missed the past several weeks or uh, you're visiting with us this morning, we are today finishing a series we've been in for quite a long time uh, called Strong in the Broken Places. And we've been going through the 12 steps, which we have discovered are actually based on biblical principles, and God is at the heart of the whole 12-step thing. And rather than me going through kind of this uh, laborious review of the last 11 steps that we've already covered and the issues that we've uh, raised, if you look inside your program, you'll find an insert. And in there is a list of uh, all of the 12 steps. And on the other side, for your viewing pleasure, are all the possible issues that we may be struggling with. And uh, the whole idea, though, is that you can uh, keep that and really continue to work the steps on an ongoing basis. I just want to say that the, the title of this series was actually inspired by a quote from one of my favorite authors, uh, Ernest Hemingway. And he said this uh, in his book, Farewell to Arms. He said, The world breaks everyone. And afterward, many are strong in the broken places. Which, on one hand, is a pretty sobering thing to say that the world you know, breaks everyone. But on the other hand, it like gives us hope because what if it's true? How do we become strong in the places of our lives where we were once weak and broken? I mean, that's really what the 12 steps are all about, right? Healing the wounds of our past and growing stronger and healthier in overcoming our issues so that we can move forward all freed up to live the life that God designed us from the beginning to live. And so step 12, the final step says this. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we commit to carry this message to help others in their journey and to practice these principles in all aspects of our lives. The question here becomes a profound one. Now that I have gone through the steps and I have experienced this spiritual awakening, how do I stay awake? It's here that I struggle with dichotomies like I want to continue to be healed, but I can't seem to shake my past. I want to be fulfilled, but I rarely feel satisfied. I desire to live differently, and yet I find myself falling into the same patterns over and over and over again. We so easily become comfortably numb, checked out, content to just go through the motions of our life with no sense of meaning or purpose. But in the quiet moments of my life, I know there stirs deep inside of me a restlessness, a tugging at my heart that is almost like a wake-up call. And it reminds me there really is something more. 
You ever feel like you're in the fog? This is not who I am. I have become comfortably numb. Uh, There's a lot of us who just go through life like that. I mean, checked out. Going through the daily grind, never ever experiencing the kind of life that is possible. We're constantly reacting instead of being on the offensive and being proactive about where we want our life to go. We're constantly responding to what comes our way rather than taking the initiative and directing our life. One thing that I I hope that we've all learned together in this series is that the Christian life is not this clean, neat life. In fact, most of the time, it's downright messy and difficult. In fact, I would even go as far as to say that it is seldom easy, at least for me. And I'm pretty sure that's why Jesus says narrow is the road that you have to take to follow him because so many of us never, ever make it. It's a difficult journey that few of us are willing to endure, and so we stay on the other road, checked out, coasting down the highway with everybody else. But one thing is for sure about the road that leads to Jesus. It requires us to walk through this life, eyes wide open, spiritually awake and alive and alert to what's going on around us, to what's going on in our lives. But how do we move forward so that we can stay on the narrow path that leads to Jesus? How do we put these principles into practice that Step 12 talks about? How do we create authentic change that will help us to become strong in the broken places? I want to talk about, as a way just to wrap up this morning, I want to talk about three movements that I think that we have to make in order to create authentic change in our lives. And the first one is we have to, we have to be able to move past our past. And I know that last week I spent a lot of time here and talking about how we need to break free from the the cycle of shame of our past, and so I don't want to belabor this point, but I want to I want to quickly finish my thought here because I am struck with this idea that there really is something poetic about our brokenness. The mess we make of our lives. And that as we slowly progress and as we begin to heal and to move forward, there there is a strength and maturity that begins to develop inside of us that wouldn't otherwise be there had we not gone through what we've been through. And if you were to look back on your life, and you were to look at those times when you feel like you grew the most as a person, do you think it would be those times when you were just kind of coasting along and everything was right with the world and you're giving all glory to God and whatnot? Or was it in those times of pain and and hardship when you were calling out to God for help? It's the tough times, right? I mean, it's when the bad times hit that we finally allow God to come in and 
to mold us and to change us. And it's in those times that we're finally forced to depend on Him and our faith becomes stronger. And as Jesus is standing there, look at the woman, looking at the woman who was caught in adultery, and as he forgives her, he quietly says to her, go now and leave your life of sin. Live differently. Live brilliantly. In the same way in our own lives, after we destroy it, when the smoke clears, God says, now, move on. Don't change back to the way you were. Don't even get close to where you were. Live differently. But don't forget what you've been through. Let that serve as a reminder of how far we've come. When we go through the junk in our lives and we get to the other side of it and we've been authentic in everything about our lives, we can stop pretending. We can stop pretending like we have everything together. We can stop putting on this front so that everybody thinks we're all that and we're not. We can start being honest about who we really are and the things that we've done and our past and our issues and also what we're striving to become. I mean, isn't it refreshing when you're around somebody that doesn't just sit there and dominate a conversation about themselves and how great they are and how they have it all together, but instead, when you're around people who aren't afraid to talk about their mistakes and their screw-ups and their failures and what they've learned and what they, they believe. And those are the people who are comfortable in their own skin. And those are the people who have lived through the crap of life and they own it. And those are the people I want to hang out with. There's a sense of authenticity about them that I am drawn to, and I feel like as I get older, I have less and less tolerance for the superficiality of this life. I have to tell you, and just to be honest with you, I have been through some stuff in my life that I have brought on myself. I have blown up my life more than once. And the things that I have been through, I wouldn't wish on my own worst enemy. But I also have to tell you that as a result of going through that, I have a strength and a maturity and a perspective that I wouldn't have otherwise had. It wasn't fun. I don't ever want to go through it again. But I am grateful for having gone through it and come out the other side because I am way stronger than I could have ever imagined. When we accept our past, it means that we finally understand that everything that we've been through has helped to make me into the person that I have become today. It's part of my DNA. And we take the good that comes out of the bad of our past 
And as we talked about last week, that from the ashes of us blowing up our lives, God creates something beautiful. And if we can take that, and we can move forward, and learn to live differently, we can become the people that God created us to become. The next movement that we need to make in order to create authentic change is that we need to move from stagnation to disruption, a.k.a. disrupt yourself. The word disruption means to interrupt or to throw something into a state of disorder in an an effort to prevent normal or expected functioning. And in this case, we are talking about your life. And we want you to disrupt you in an effort to prevent you from normal or expected functioning. In other words, stop going through the motions of how you've always done things and learn a new way of life, of what is possible. We get complacent and we do our thing, the same thing, over and over and over again, day in and day out. We check our emails. We get on our Facebook. We get a few things done before playing another grueling match of Candy Crush. We are checked out. And we mindlessly go through our days, which, by the way, become years. And before long, you look up from behind the wheel and you go, how did I get here? We have to disrupt ourselves while we still can before we lose the person that God created us to be, while we still have the courage to try. The more we're able to disrupt ourselves, the more we redefine ourselves, the more distance we put between us and our old life, the more authentic the change that occurs in our life will be. The Bible puts it like this in Ephesians chapter 4. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires or your Goliaths or issues, to be made new in an attitude of your minds. And to put on the new self, created to be like God, full of righteousness. We need to disrupt our old way of life and say, no longer. I am going to completely change everything about myself. I am no longer going to hang out with the friends that I used to hang out with who dragged me down, who have a negative influence on my life. I will no longer go and hang out at the places that are triggers for me in my behaviors. I will no longer do the things that were triggers for me in other areas of my life that bring out the demons, my issues, my Goliaths. All of a sudden now, all of that becomes off limits as part of my new self. I put as much distance between me and all that crap as I possibly can, disrupting my old life is setting boundaries for ourselves where we can protect ourselves moving forward. 
Boundaries, as by its very definition, are lines or limits that we draw for ourselves that create a border for particular behaviors. When we disrupt our old self, we create emotional and behavioral boundaries for ourselves in order to protect me from me. Sometimes from other people, but mostly from me. Boundaries help to frame our personal identity. It dictates what I want to be about and what I'm not going to be about. What I will put up with and what I won't. What I will do and what I won't. Boundaries define who we are and who we are not. I create boundaries that are designed to keep me far, far away from those bad behaviors. I create boundaries to protect myself from certain people that I have a gut feeling about or that I have a history with that I know are a bad influence. I create boundaries to prevent me from putting myself into positions of being taken advantage again or falling prey of my issues. We set limits on ourselves to make it easier for us to make better choices, healthier choices, so that we're being proactive in avoiding the landmines in the first place rather than trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to do when we figure out that we're standing on one. The barometer of how much we will grow spiritually, the barometer for how healthy we will become in our lives will be limited to the extent that we will embrace the disruption of my old way of life and fully create a new self. That, by the way, is who I was created to become in the first place. Somewhere down the line, we just get lost. And it's like every day, the person God created us to be slips further and further away until we don't even know who that is anymore. So now i got to figure out who I'm going to become. I have to be proactive and take my life back. Which is what the next movement is all about. Where we move into a new reality for my future. Creating a new reality is a commitment to learn from the past and move forward into a new way of life. It causes me to begin to see myself differently and have great clarity about what it is that is driving me forward. Because our past drives change for our future. It's only when we remember where we've come from. Just how dark was the darkness we were in. Just how lost we really were. Just how jacked up our lives were that we can fully then grasp just how radical is the love and forgiveness and grace of God. When we get that, we can't help but do something different. We can't help but want to show how grateful we are. It's only when we acknowledge that God has brought us through some really tough stuff that we can become truly grateful and we become so overwhelmed with gratitude that we just have to do something. And so in step 12, it says, having had this spiritual awakening 
As a result of these steps, we commit to carry this message to help others in their journey. If God has saved our rear ends from the pits of hell, if he has saved us from falling prey to our issues again and again and again, we have been given the gift of grace. Then we need to take that same gift that he has given us and give it to other people. God asks us to re-gift the gift of grace that he has given us in order to serve others. Once we have gone through these steps and we get healthy and we've changed and we've moved on, I have to caution you about this because there are a lot of people who've gone through these steps who get all judgmental and whatnot. All of a sudden, we've moved on and so now we can look down on other people who are struggling with the same stuff we've been struggling with for years. Like somehow we're better than that now. Don't do it. How easily we forget where we've come from and what we've been through. God says, now that I've now that I've pulled you out of the pit, turn around, go back, and help somebody else who's struggling. Give them your hand. Treat them with the same grace and respect that you have received. The bottom line is we transition from always taking to now giving. When we can finally get our eyes off of ourselves and our own issues and our own victim position, suddenly we can look up and we can see how it is that we can help other people get through the same things that we've went through, which, by the way, motivates us to stay on the path moving forward. So that's it. That's all 12 steps. I'm done now. I'm not sure if you're clapping because you like the series or whether you're just glad that I'm done. (laughs) The truth is that these steps, I hope you've seen, they're not a quick fix. We have an amazing capacity to screw up our lives over and over and over again. And these 12 steps are something that we can work through again and again and understand that this is a lifelong process of healing and growing and getting stronger. And here's the bottom line. Like, the question is not if you will ever make mistakes again. Because you will. The question is, how will you respond when you do? Because I fully believe this, that the only difference between somebody who's a follower of Jesus and somebody who is not is not that the follower of Jesus is not going to make mistakes again or to live a perfect life. It ain't happening. The difference between being a follower of Jesus and not is that we have a place to go. We have somewhere to turn. We have hope. We have grace and forgiveness. We have a second chance and a third and a fourth. And as I've talked about so many times here at Westridge, spiritual growth 
is not this like linear process where, you know, we have with every passing year, this, this line of growth of maturity, spiritual maturity that's happening on this like clean path. It doesn't happen that way. Spiritual growth and healing and overcoming our issues, I believe, are all wrapped up together and it's messy and it's swirly and it's dynamic. And the only thing, the only thing that is going to keep us grounded on our relationship with God is gratitude. It's remembering where we've come from. And it's waking up every day grateful that we're not back there. Waking up every day grateful for where God has brought us to. Nothing will continually motivate us and keep us in check as walking every day grateful in God. So I'll ask you one last time. Got any issues? Any Goliaths? If you were standing before God right now, what do you know that he would want you to change? When I come face to face with God, I got to tell you, I don't want to be standing there on that day making excuses as to why it is that I didn't change. I don't want to be hemming and hawing about how well this person stopped me or this thing was going on. Like, I want to stand there on that day and say, thank God. I made the changes that I did when I did it. Let's move past our past. Let's disrupt our old way of living. Let's blow that up. And let's create a new paradigm a new reality for our future where we strive every day to become the person God created us to be. And we walk for the rest of our lives awake and alive with our feet firmly planted on the narrow path that will one day lead to Jesus.